Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, sunny, red-hot city of Angels, home of LeBron, Manny Machado, and... For at least the next six years, Todd Gurley. The Rams are Gurley men. For more money than Le'Veon Bell is set to make, we'll discuss upcoming in the show. Plus, A.J. Hinch, manager of the defending champs, your Houston Astros, who have been lambasting fools, just smacking fools around. I got a bunch of things I want to get to. How did they fix Justin Verlander? How'd they do it? How they fix Justin Verlander. Plus, I want to talk to him about the challenges of trying to do it a second time. No, fellas, I'm not talking about that a second time. Although there are similar challenges a second time around. Uh, Kevin Love gets paid today. What's that mean for the Cavs? We well, got some on. Uh, Ennis Cantor is going to join us in studio. How all of a sudden he made nice with uh, Colin Cowherd. Brian Scalabrini, we think, will join us. Although we don't know. He was supposed to join us yesterday. He's big Scal. 
And Connor Barwin, who signed a new contract with the G-Men. Connor Barwin, who, of course, has made a kind of mercurial run around the National Football League. Eagles, most, uh, it was Houston, Eagles, Rams, and now he goes back to the NFC East. We'll find out if he still carries that awful Houston Texans letterman jacket from back in the day when they were playing good, and then they haven't been the same since. We got a lot to get to today. I want to start with this, though. College football's around the corner, and college football does it right. I mean, right. Right out of the chute, unbelievable games. Have you guys spent any time and looking at the opening slate of college football games? Can I, can I whet your appetite? And by the way, didn't know this until I misspelled it on Twitter and got chastised for it years ago, but whet your appetite is not spelled W-E-T. It is not. It is whet your appetite w-h-e-t right so you almost pronounce it like you do um uh what's the family guy family episode whip cool whip cool whip right it's whet your appetite dude college football does it right don't believe me all right here you go this is awesome your opening weekend of college football uh, Oregon State, Ohio State, ah, Texas, Maryland. Remember last year, Maryland went into Texas and smacked them around. Ole Miss, Texas Tech, Florida Atlantic, Lane Kiffin taking on Oklahoma. Um, and then you start to get to some of the premier games. Washington taking on Auburn. That's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Tennessee taking on West Virginia. You're welcome. And dude, you get it gets even better. UCLA, Cincinnati's okay, but you also have Notre Dame playing host to Michigan first weekend of the season. Miami, LSU, Virginia Tech, Florida State. I mean, it's awesome. They just like, hey, let's get awesome teams with awesome programs, really interesting stories, coaches, new players that you've never heard of, and stop with the players deserve to be paid because I'll make the easiest case, you know. In, and this kind of goes in a theme with what we're talking about, which is I can guarantee that outside of your own football program, you cannot name 10 college football players as of right now. Can't name 10. You might take away your own school and you can't name 10. I challenge you to do so that are currently playing in college football. So if you want to tell me that the players likeness and image matter, you tell me. Do you have any idea who plays for Miami? Can you name a dude? Can you name a guy? Do you know who LSU's quarterback is? Virginia Tech, Florida State, DeAndre Francois, I know Florida State, but that's because he got hurt last year. So one of the biggest lies you've ever been told is that college football players' name and likeness matter. They don't. The jersey matters. The logo matters. The coach matters. The stadium matters. The fight song matters more than a player does. Now, you come to fall in love with the player because you tune in to see the team and the logos play against one another, but the players don't matter. But this goes in line with so many things you've been lied about in your life. Uh, There's a guy who's rotund, who you celebrate the appearance of in the end of December. I'm not going to mention his name because some of you have kids in the car, but that's the first lie you're told. When you're just a baby. Not the only lie, but it's the first. 
You want to know what the biggest lie you're told in sports is? That if we were to expand the college football playoff, it would diminish the value of the regular season. All right. It would diminish the value of the regular season. If that were true, if people liked the fact college football's regular season more so than any other regular season, why do the numbers more than double when the NFL plays in the exact same time of year, the very next day, in the exact same sport? And you can tell me that it's because they're better players. I'll buy into that. You can tell me it's because of fantasy football. I'll buy some of that. But this has forever been true that an NFL rating almost always doubles and sometimes triples that of the best college football rating of the day. And the NFL lets 12 teams in their playoffs. There's only 32 teams in the sport. You have been lied to, my friends. Now, that does not mean that I believe every team belongs in. But using college basketball as a parallel to college football. Hey, college basketball's regular season has become almost irrelevant. That's what would happen to college football, right? That's what people say. And that is a low-hanging fruit, very Neanderthal, very easy argument for us to grab onto because we go college equals college. Perfect. The problem, though, is that it's not really accurate. Right? College basketball has been greatly diminished because players are only there for a split second, one and done. We don't know any of the players. Forget about coaching movement. We got player movement. There's also almost three times as many teams in college basketball. It's 128 Division I teams in college football. There's 352 Division I teams in college basketball. There's just too many teams. There's too many games. And OBI, by the way, and this has hurt college football. With these super conferences being put together, we sometimes lack the rivalry games we used to. Arizona and UCLA, one of the great rivalries in the West Coast, they only play each other many times, one time of year. Okay. The league championships don't matter anymore because you don't play everyone twice because you don't have eight and ten team leagues the way you used to. Also, college basketball continues to compete up against college football on the same campus for the first two months of the season, which is death. I love the sport. I've covered the sport nationally for 15 years. I've played in the sport. But the idea that let's start our year during the prime time of baseball and NFL and college football on the same campus for the same money, for the same fans. And, oh, yeah, by the way, every game now for college basketball, like football, is on TV. And what used to be special about college basketball is getting people in a small bandbox building. The buildings are bigger. And yet... It's more expensive to go there and you're competing for the same fans that their attention is turned to bat to football. Same fans, same dollar. It doesn't go nearly as far. There's a one and done. There's player movement. There's no rivalries anymore. All of these things contribute to college basketball, having a very, having a relatively irrelevant regular season comparison to that of college football. The truth is the absolute truth is, if you want to make college football's regular season matter, because right now it mostly does not. That's actually the biggest lie. It's the counter to it. Every game matters. No, it doesn't. Once you lose your third game, your season is over. Your season is over. And if you play, if you think you're not going to have a great team, and so you soften your schedule, 
and you play an easy non-conference schedule and you lose one game, many of these teams' season is over, let alone two. The only way a two-win team can get into a college football playoff is by winning their winning their side of the division and then winning their league championship. So, for the most part, you get down to the most important part of the season. You get into late October, early November, and three-quarters of the team's games don't actually matter. It's counter to what you've always been told. And so in this in this effort to expand the college football playoff, which should and likely will happen, mostly because there's just too much money for it not to do so. You have all kinds of issues that you're going up against, right? You got the Bulls, and they want to stay relevant. You got the conference championship games, which some want to eliminate, which... One, they do oftentimes settle who is the true conference champion because teams don't always play each other in the same league, especially some of the best teams. you got to play, got to at least play each other once. And then sometimes in the Big 12 now, they play each other twice, which, wait, didn't we already beat you? we got to beat you again. But more importantly, it makes conferences, the schools that don't participate, a lot of money. The idea of changing the conferences, making super conferences seems like a great idea but somebody's going to get left out. And if they get left out, their congressman may bring it up that, hey, there's a tax shelter here for all these college football programs. Why are we allowing them not to pay taxes? And that may bring the whole system down. There's a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff. But the truth is that if you simply expand to eight teams and you make five or even six teams and you make the five conference champions automatically, gain access to a college football playoff, you've done the opposite of what they told you it would do. You have made the regular season, the conference season, which anyone who's ever played in college knows we were told that's the most important thing. Win your league, beat your arch rival. The rest, hey, we'd like to win the rest of our games too. You'd make the regular season more relevant. But of the lies that you've been told when you were growing up, and there's lots of them, lots of things you were lied to, Right? Like, remember when you were like, hey, you can be anything you want when you grow up. Like, no, you can't. Your mom's 5'2", your dad's 5'6", both are rotund. You're not going to play in the NBA. It's just not happening. Hey, bud, your IQ is not good enough for you to be an astronaut. Astronauts are super smart and super studious. Just because you want to go to space doesn't mean it's going to happen for you. There's economic barriers. There's barriers based upon the sex, barriers based upon regionality, barriers based upon language. All different sorts of barriers. It doesn't mean you shouldn't dream big and try and have your kid try and be better than what you are. But you were told at a young age, like, you can do anything you want. Not really. Not really. You can be a success at something, but not anything you want. Let's be honest. There's like 1% of 1% that can ever play a skill position, a speed and athletic position in the National Football League because you're just not born with the natural gifts. You didn't win the genetic lottery. Sorry. Same thing in the NBA. Like if you're not going to be six foot or taller, hell, six foot two, six foot three or taller, you should probably pick a different sport. The numbers are against you no matter how much you love it. But you're lied to all the time. We were lied to about the dangers of certain drugs that were then illegal and then not illegal, certain drugs that were legal, right? Like, remember the beer commercials where everybody's good looking, everybody's having a good time? You ever been to a, you ever been to a shady bar at happy hour? 
Nobody's particularly good looking. They're not having a great time. And they're simply trying to drink all their sorrows away. Right? So you've been lied to your whole life. But in sports, the number one lie you were told was that expanding the college football playoff or simply having a playoff would make the regular season irrelevant, like college basketball, like the NHL, like the NBA. It could. You know, we got a 64-team playoff and 128 teams, but no one is proposing that, and that will never happen. But if you validate conference champions, grant them automatic admission, admission to a college football playoff, and there is a lot of other stuff, too many games for the teams that play that extra game and, and can the can a young college body stand up to 16 games and be standing at the end of the year? A lot of things that go into it. But the idea that it makes the season, the regular season, irrelevant is the opposite of the actual truth. You've been lied to. We just want to be honest with you. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Astros are the best team in baseball. Don't get it twisted. But that shouldn't be a surprise. They won the World Series last year. Of course, with the help of the addition of Justin Verlander. Their manager is A.J. Hinch. He's kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. AJ, it, do you do you agree generally with that philosophy that run differential is a better sign, a better telltale sign of how good a team is in comparison to their actual win loss record? Yeah, I mean a little bit. I think I think our run differential shows you know kind of an overall snapshot of the season. You know we've been extremely dominant on the mound. We we can score. Um, you know the wins and losses are ultimately what matter. It doesn't. You know you want to have the wins and the law and, and and avoid the losses, but. Um, when you're looking at, at, at comparison across the league, there, there's so much that, that can be taken away from so many different numbers nowadays. Run differential, certainly. If you're good at run scoring and good at run prevention, the wins are going to be there for you. And, um, you know, obviously we've done very well so far, and, and, it, and, it, and it proves that, that we have a good team. So um, I'm not sure how much that helps you when you go head-to-head with Boston or New York or right. Cleveland or the, the surging Oakland A's and stuff like that that are on our schedule. But, but I think it helps, it helps describe a little bit of how the season has gone thus far for teams. Um, okay, what, what about the fact that teams are hitting 211 against you? And, and for people who, right, batting average against, and, and here's you're like, is that good? It's the best in baseball. It's not just the best in baseball by, you know, a percentage point or two. The Dodgers right. are, people are hitting 236. They have the second best. Like, it's... That's by a mile. Um, it's really remarkable what your staff is able to consistently do. And, like, look, sure. the ball flies out of your ballpark. That is not an easy ballpark to pitch in, as are some of the ballparks you guys play in. How have right. you been able to have the staff be so consistent through the year? Well, our starters. I mean, not to put it all on them, but we had three of our five starters made the all-star team, uh, a fourth in Dallas Keuchel, who's probably pitched as well as anybody in the last month, and a and a, and a former Cy Young Award winner. So we, we roll out a starting pitcher who's dominant, who's hard to hit, that doesn't give up a ton of hits every single night. And we've used five starters to date. Um, that shows we've been healthy. They've been consistent. Um, they all haven't been perfect for the entire season, but usually when if somebody is, is, is having a rough time getting deeper in the game, the other guys are picking up the slack. So, you know, when we're when, in the names like Verlander and Cole and Keuchel and, and McCullers and Morton, 
Um, you know, McCullers and Morton both finished big playoff games last year. Keuchel's won a Cy Young. Garrett Cole has been a tremendous addition that we traded for uh, this offseason. And then Justin Verlander is right up in the, in the, in the, in the AL Cy Young conversation. So uh, when you do that and, and, and have that kind of starting pitching, um, you know, you're asking your bullpen to come in and get, you know, six to eight outs a night. Uh, you limit hits there, and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, man, our, our staff's pretty tough to hit. How'd you guys fix Verlander? You know, I, I don't know if it's fix him as much as just encourage him to, to be the best version of himself. This, his high fastball, you know, I think as, as pitchers age, they get a little bit concerned about, about how they used to pitch. You know, when you're young and you have 97, 98 in your tank, it's pretty easy to pitch with your strength. As you age, you might try to adjust a little bit too soon and we got him back to being himself, using the high forcing fastball. Both of his breaking balls are very effective. A lot of people don't know. One of his best pitches as a young pitcher was his changeup. We've incorporated that a little bit more. But, um, you know, this guy's a little bit of, of, of a different animal when it comes to how, he, how he's aging, how he's able to hold his stuff. Um, he, he gets better as the game goes on. He's a tremendous finisher. Um, but like with all of our pitchers, I think if, if – if we can just get the best version of themselves to them to use their stuff correctly in the right areas of the strike zone against the right type hitters, you know, that's matchup baseball. That's the way that we scout now. And it's the way that we, we apply our information to the, to the pitching staff. So JV took, took it to heart and has been tremendous and, and, and the proof in the numbers. Yeah. But wasn't, wasn't, don't you guys use these high speed cameras, these super expensive high speed cameras from different angles of the park to which he was able to pick up, some of the different, some of the things that he had changed that he wanted to fix when he first got there. Sure, no, we use technology as much as anybody in baseball. I mean, we, you know, I, I joke with the All Star team last week, like we're the Houston Astros. We, we we try everything. We'll try anything. And and when you have players that are open uh, to any sorts of information, I'm 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 very impressed with the way that Garrett Cole's come over and and jumped into our culture. And Justin Verlander's as intellectually curious as any pitcher in baseball. And and, and Dallas Keuchel, who's grown up in this system, born and bred in this, in this organization, has known nothing but that. Charlie Morton comes off of an injury season in Philadelphia, comes over, immediately jumps on board with some, some pitch use and stuff like that. So it takes players to, you know, to buy into to what we're doing and what our analysts are studying and what our coaches are preaching. And, and it's a true team effort. But um, without the player participation, it's just information. Uh, you look, you, the, the, the one issue that I think people are going to point to is the bullpen. You know, Giles has had an up, up and down year. Um, and, and obviously that came to a head a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago or so. Um, can, can we, ex, can we expect, I mean, look, the, the front office has done everything in its power last year, took to the waiver wire to get JV. Is there an right. expectation that there could be an addition made before this season runs, runs its course? Maybe, you know, maybe. I think, I think in some ways it has to fit your overall philosophy and it has to fit, you know, the, the, the day-to-day that we're trying to accomplish. I mean, we're built for 162 right now. We have a good bullpen um, who's, who's pitched very well this season. It's, I think sometimes we point to some of the losses or some of the – the only time you notice a bullpen is when they, when they don't do their part and you end up blowing a few leads or blowing a few saves. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of how, how things were put together last season, but – um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's always possible. I think any team that's in playoff contention is, can probably be linked to every reliever in baseball because that's, that's the easiest thing to add, and, and, and people always feel like they can upgrade their bullpen. Um, if there's a viable option that Jeff Fields is an upgrade, Jeff Lunar, general manager, then we'll do it. If not, we'll go with the group that we have and, 
And what people need to remember is, the, is similar to how we did it last year. The playoffs often push one or two of your starters uh, into, the, into the bullpen. And if that's the case, I just rattled off the, star, the starters that are hard to hit and have low ERAs. Three of them make the all-star team. And, and that might be the addition that needed down the bullpen to, to get to your 27 out. Plus, you have my boy Joe Smith, who, of course, is the Yankee killer, right? Last year, just Sanchez and, and Judge couldn't, couldn't hit him. You, you could always, always call on Smitty to come in and get some, some righties out. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. He comes from the funky angle. He's done everything in baseball. He's a great clubhouse guy. We signed him um, to really be this this sort of righty killer. He actually gets lefties out yep. uh, this season. He's got the backdoor slider, and he can pitch up in the zone with the little sidearm stuff. So, um, again, I think I think there's always this rotation with having to have defined roles. If anything that we've learned in the last calendar year, even dating back to 2015 when I first started here, is there's a lot of different ways to get to your 27 outs and. And while everyone wants the Mariano Rivera and the Trevor Hoffman and the and the Uraldis Chapmans of the world that are that are that are shut down ninth inning guys, you, you know there's 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 trigger points through the through the game that you're going to need. Somebody's got to get the out in the seventh. Somebody's got to get out in the sixth. Joe Smith, Chris Davinsky, Hector Rondon, who's pitching terrific in, the, in our ninth inning right now. Um, those are those are guys that can get outs against these teams. Um, is it as enjoyable this year as it was last year? Yeah, yes. Uh, well, there was a there was there was a there was a there was a breath there. There was a well. The World but, Series is hard to top in the in the regular season. No, but I'm so talking nothing like but, but, that. But the but the process of it now. Last year it was sure. still you know three years ago you got there. The the next year it was I'm like right and there was changes made obviously. So right. last year you're building towards it, but you know trying to do it again and I, oh, I, I it's a blast. so is it, it is. it's as fun this year as it was last it year. Is. Yeah, I think the, I think there's a couple of different observations. Number one is, I am so proud of our players for for taking the message in spring training about owning up to the fact that no one's no one's repeated since I think it was in 2000 when the Yankees were there 17, 18 years since the team's been able to to go back to back, and and that's what we that's what our goal is. And the players absorb it. We haven't we haven't had any sort of hangover, any sort of dragging, or any sort of sort of diva status that can come with winning or success. I mean, I've got great examples. And Jose Altuve and George Springer and Alex Bregman's having a coming out party in Major League Baseball now. And Carlos Correa, when we get him back, will be a nice boost. These I got names throughout the whole team that have have showed up ready to play every day. The, the, the interesting part that I've learned about winning is the standard that's set that there's no room for failure. Right? You lose two games in a row as the, as the defending World Champions, and people are asking a lot more questions about what's wrong. And and I think we're a game or two off of our pace for last season. We're 30 games over 500, and I love the fact that in 2015, we wanted to win 90 games. We wanted to, to, to win the division. We ended up making the playoffs for the first time in 10 years, and in four short years, you know, the, the, it makes me smile to know that the standards are so high that when, if you lose a series or you lose back-to-back games, there's, there's that sense of, of, hey, we need to win this, uh, both inside the clubhouse and from our fan base, and that, that to me is a winning franchise. I, I don't think there's any doubt in it. Um, how do you solve... How do you solve baseball's issues with, um, with the shift? You know, you just said how you're, you're talking about how mm-hmm. like you guys use analytics, you guys use high speed cameras, you guys use any possible legal means to be better. And mm-hmm. if the numbers say, "Hey, this guy's a dead pull hitter," and they're not trying to lay down a bunt, they're not trying to hit. A, what? What? Why should baseball be dumber instead of being smarter and and go away from the shift? I don't think the hit. I don't think you should go away from the shift. I don't think I need to fix the shift. I think the hitters need to fix the shift. If the hitters adjust, 
the game will adjust. But if you refuse to, to play the game line to line, then you're going to get teams like us and teams like around the, the Cubs, the Royals, the, 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 the Indians, aggressive teams that will play into the shift. I mean, virtually all teams shift now uh, because the hitters aren't making the adjustment to play the game. If they play the game, then we have to shift back. And we have, there's a number of hitters that we shifted in the past that we don't shift anymore because they've, they play the game. So, I mean, we can fiddle with the rules and we can, can make it a layup drill when, when, when a guy wants to pull, pull across the ball and pull the ball into the four-hole. I don't think that's what our sport's about either. It should be hard to get on base. And I understand fans want to see more hits, and they love the homer and the way that, that, that baseball has grown. But um, if, if people want to fix the shift, we've got to fix the hitters. How do we how do we fix the hitters? How do we fix the hitters from hitting you know home run strikeout or walk? I mean, like we we had ten home run. I mean, like look mm-hmm. even your even the World Series last year where the ball is flying out of the ballpark. Uh, some of it I'm sure is has to be a little bit of the baseball. Some of it is the the parks. Uh, right. You know, some of it's the bats. Some of it's the players and their strength. But a lot of it is also their swing plan and how that's changed. How how do we how do we put the ball in play more? Sure. Well, if one would be if we compensate contact a little bit differently than we than we have in the past i mean the ops numbers are, are, are sky high and what drives ops are walks and homers right. i mean that's that's those are two statistics that are immense now in, in the in the financial structure for players in it and and you know they're obviously it's hard to compensate a single to the other the other side or um you know i don't know if that's the complete answer but um you know i i think for for us to to simply put fielders where there's dead grass like old school in the outfield or where there's you know, you're not allowed to have an off offside. Shortstop has to play traditionally where shortstop is. Um, I think then we should stop. We should start telling the NFL they can't blitz. We can't do full court press in the NBA. We can't. You know, you can't put any pressure on during a tennis match. You can't shoot for birdies in golf. I mean, we're it, it's up to the to the to the to the teams if it's valuable enough to win games by playing the game in a different way. Then that's what we have to combat. But we we reward walks and homers. Uh, at an all-time high, and it, it's it, it's going to continue. It, it is fair though to point out that, like, look in basketball, they've evolved the rules, right? They they change the hand check rules. You can play zone, albeit the zone rules are a little bit different than a traditional zone, right? In in football, there are a certain number of guys you have to have on the line of scrimmage, like so. There are rules that are put in place. Like I agree with you. Like like if the scouting report says the guy's dead pull hitter and he refuses to lay down a bunt or to hit the other way, then you know make him make a change. But there, there is the idea of the kind of the watchability factor. I go to baseball games, mm-hmm. and there are there are big lulls in between it. Um, I, I just there there are rules that have been put in place by other sports to make it a little bit more sure. watchable. Right, but we're but we're I mean the configuration of where you play your defense in the NFL or what you do on the basketball court is is a little bit different. I think I think for me if the if the if the if the home run and the and the walk is changed, the mentality of what winning baseball is, is all about, then does it matter where Jose Altuve is standing tonight when a Carlos Gonzalez is up to bat? We're playing the Rockies tonight, and he, he plays in short right field, and, that, and that's all Carlos Gonzalez wants to do, then, then I'm defending the sport. I mean, it, if they put the rules in play for us to have to play like an offside rule and you want to draw a line behind second base, then we'll abide by it. But um, as long as the hour, my, my job as the manager is to put our players in a position where the outs are made. The outs are made to the pull side for a tremendous amount of players nowadays, um, and they don't want to concede the homer and they, want, they don't want the single, then I'm not going to defend it. And, and so it will be up to baseball to make some sort of radical move if that's what is best for the sport. I'm not convinced it is. Well, I hope you had a great off day. You got two in Denver, then the rival against Texas, then you go to Seattle, very game team 
uh, who's playing good baseball. And then you get to, you know, the Dodgers, they, they get what they would consider a rematch now, adding Manny Machado. So obviously some tough games here in the middle of the season before we get to the stretch run. Really appreciate your time. Amazed by your team's consistency coming off the World Series win and wish you nothing but health and luck the rest of the way. Thanks for joining us. You got it. Appreciate me having me. All right, that's A.J. Hinch of the Houston Astros, your world champion Houston Astros. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Super happy to have Ennis Cantor of the New York Knicks, still of the New York Knicks, joining us in in studio. Uh, there's a ton of things I want to get to. Okay. Um, man, you want to start at the start? All right, look, you didn't ever get a chance to play at Kentucky. Never. Okay? But you you were playing overseas. Okay. And look, I kind of knew the deal. Like, I cover college basketball, done so for 15 years. And most people thought you would never play there just because of how the NCAA would view yeah. your, your eligibility. Yes. You want to come clean? Were you really you were you were a pro before you're playing Kentucky, right? Let me. I'll, I'll make it clear, man. I not, I don't think I ever said said it to any media before. I think that's the first time I'm saying it here. I had a Nike deal. Yeah, what? Over, yeah, I had a Nike deal in overseas when I was a what deal? Nike deal. Oh, you had a Nike deal? When yeah, of I course. Was, Everybody knew I that. Was 16 years, <laughs> I was 16 years old, but I didn't know. I didn't know the rules. That's the thing. I had a Nike deal. I took some money with expenses. You right. know, it's normal because you start getting paid when you're like 14, 15 years old in Europe. It's normal. And then, uh, you know, I tried to come here. They offered me a lot of money in Turkey. Yeah, to stay. To stay. Six years. It was a very, very good money. By the way, speaking of Nike, we're both, we're, we're, uh, we're shoe brothers yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Because we both have the fly knit, the fly knit uh, Air, For- Air, Air Force Ones. And then, uh, you know, I turned down a million dollars to just come here and play college basketball. So, you know, I can go to school, learn a language, learn another culture, and play basketball at the same time and enter the draft as early as I can. Well, one day said, you cannot play college basketball permanently ever. Yeah. It just, it broke my heart. I see. I, here's the thing. I, I, I knew that you had had the Nike deal and I knew that you'd gotten some sort of payments, but I, I also think that there should be some, I, I agree. Like there should be the ability for even guys that are paid professionally to play overseas to come and play in college. It makes college basketball better. And it would yes. increase your readiness for the NBA. Yes, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, because like all these people want to come play college basketball and go to school same time. Right. Well, get that education same time. But when NCAA said, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, we sorry, we cannot let you play," it just it just it was so frustrating for me because turning down all that all that money to just come here and go to play NCAA basketball. Like, no, it's just like, come on, man. All right. So, Ennis Cantor, you're only 26 years old. Let, let's let's go to this off season or the okay. the season ends. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you have a decision to make. Yes, and there were some reports. Oh, he's opting out, and then I uh, you took to Twitter like, yo, man, I'm <laughs> trying try to make a decision here. Relax. Um, was there a time in which you had decided to opt out? I promise. I did the, till the last day. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to opt in or opt out. I made my decision the last day. Okay, but okay, season ends. Okay. In your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to opt out. I'm, I'm going to get out, paid. Yes. I even told the media, I think I'm thinking about opting out. And then, uh, you know, when the, and then like the, after the draft, all those people were saying, but like, man, you know, the summer is not good. The money's not there, whatever. And I wanted to, I didn't, I, of course, everybody cares about money, but I wanted to stay in New York and sign a long term um, contract with me. But uh, I think they really try to get like a big free agent next year. Right. They've said they want to get two next year. They want to clear up in the like, gas yes. phase. So that's why, like, you know what? Just like play one more year and then see how it goes. What, what did your agent tell you was out there for you? Realistically out there for you 
had you decided to opt out? It actually, no, it was actually the money was terrible. And then he, he gave me some, you know, few teams. You know, of course, I think I was, I troll everybody with the, the box thing, whatever. So he gave me, he gave me some uh, few teams, but I was like, you know what? I think right now, best place for me to just play one more year and then go from there. Okay, so so the Knicks are in this interesting position. You got Przingis coming back at some point, we think, this year. There has been talk about them shelving him, getting him to re-sign. And, and look, the Knicks have also, this year, you guys position yourself for a draft pick. Kevin Knox, another Kentucky kid, yes. who I think is going to be fantastic. He's only 18 years old, played well at the Summer League. He does play some four. I know you think he's a three. He plays some four, which is a little bit of your spot. Um, wh- what's it like to play on a team to which... Most people think you're trying to lose. Like, how do you, how do you, how, games going on? Like, is that in your mind at all? Actually, no, nah, man, because like, I remember the GM, the GM of the Knicks was texting us and talk, having a meeting with us every before the game and saying, hey, we are trying to win. Yes, I'm not joking. But was it, were there, there had to be games which you're playing well and then it's in the fourth quarter, it's a close game, like, eh, you're coming out. You're like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah, that Why was, am I? It was so frustrating. So, yes. it, so the GMs can say yeah. we're trying to win, but based upon who they play at the end of the game. I said it get, to media. I was like, hey, they pay me to go out there and win. They're not paying me to lose. So I, that's not my, I, I came from a winning culture, Oklahoma City. Yes. So there's no way I go out there, hey, we'll get a drafting and this, so we lose. No. I'm going out there to play my hardest, play 100%, try to win. That's it. And nobody can change my mind. I'm going out. And even th- this year, I don't care how good the team is, how bad the team is. I'm trying to win every game. And it's Cantor, New York Knicks, joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Before we get to Oklahoma City, you're first in Utah. Yes. And right before you were traded, you started to kind of make your, make your mark there. Okay. Um, what's your impression of why Utah, even though they've, they've made some moves, they've seemingly gotten better. There has become kind of a... Is that Quinn? What is it? What is it that's allowed them to take? I think with Dennis Lindsay, uh, he's an amazing GM, and with you know Quinn, he's a very, very he was was one of the you know the uh, the top three coaches this year. But uh, I think with that, with them too, I think the the whole organization went to the next level, and I think you know they they, they've been doing an amazing job, you know, building the players. You know, uh, I think Utah was maybe two or three times better before I was there, when I was there. Um, okay, what about Hayward? I, there's a lot of people who have, yeah. there, there are people now who, like, look, Gordon Hayward's okay. If the boss, if the Celtics is going to move somebody, move Hayward. I was like, look, no. and I know he wasn't an all-star when you played with him, but he has improved every year. He was an all-stars last year before he became a free agent mm-hmm. and signed with the Celtics. For people who don't, have never played with Gordon Hayward, don't know him, what about his game has allowed him to, to, he was an all-star in the West yes. and get him, him to where he should be an all-star in the East as well. I mean, one thing about goal star, amazing teammate, making everybody else better around him. And, you know, very, very just, I mean, he's, he's a good guy on the court, off the court. And then people are saying, oh, just uh, this guy, that guy. I, I think man, they have a really good team to just, you know, just go, go from because like, they got Tatum, they got, you know, the uh, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, they got Gordon Hayward. They have an amazing team. I think I, I wouldn't trade anybody, man. Okay. I, it'll be tough to decision. Who, who, no, I wouldn't trade. Okay, anybody. so you get to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. What was that like when they had, you have KD, you got Russ. Yes. What, what was that locker room like? It's my first time playing with superstars. First time, because I, I get in the locker room, there's KD in that locker room, Russ in that locker room. Oh, we got Serge and Steven. I'm like, okay, this is like the, what the real team feels like. So, I mean, I get in there, but the, the sad thing, it, killed me 
because that year Ross got hurt, KD got hurt, Steven, Serge got hurt, so and we missed the playoffs by half game. By one, by one, New Orleans, one Anthony Davis three point shot. That you know crazy that, shot. That's the that only crazy shot. shot. You know that's the only three he made all season. And that's crazy. Yeah, Anthony Davis made a three that yes. year. It wasn't. It was uh, like twenty games. Might have been middle, almost middle of the season. Yes. Anyway, he made a last second three to oh beat Oklahoma God, City in Oklahoma man. City. It was his only three he made the entire season, and that ended up keeping you out yep. of the playoffs. By and half that game. and remember that was the year KD missed fifty one games with uh-huh. broken broke, broke, saying, broken yeah. broken foot. But what was the dynamics like with KD and Russ in that locker? It's good, man, because playing players like KD, Russ, or like any of the superstars like him, or even like KP, like these people, those those superstars will take you to the next level because like you cannot relax around them, you know. Especially with Russ, man, because you can for him it's it's not a game; it's a war every night. And, uh, you know, he will do, try to do everything to win the game. And then when, when you see him, hey, he's a superstar. He's going that hard. You know, I was like, you know what? I think I got to go hard. Um, what went wrong when you guys were up 3-1? Ooh, man. <laughs> well, that series, we can never forget. The playoff series are seven games. You can never forget. I think we relaxed a little bit. And I remember after the game, every, almost everybody was crying. I was crying. Because we got we got the fight, we had the ring. Game game six was the game six was the one, game right? Six, Clay goes yep. crazy and got K- forty something points. And KD was awful. KD forced it. He looked he looked. How much how much of it? Look in in watching that series uh, between Stephen and Andre Andre Robertson, mm-hmm. the fact that they couldn't shoot it was like three on five, right? Mm-hmm. Like basically, Golden State was putting two guys in a zone and doubling KD and helping on Russ every time they drove. And and you didn't get a lot of run, right? I mean, well, that series I did not. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, and everybody small. said, well, he can't. Well, they, but no, but everybody's pointing out your defense. Yes. But you guys needed actually more offense yep. in order in order to keep up with them. Um, how how much of the frustration that led KD to leaving was that series? Every time he put the ball on the deck, there were two guys on him. It was it was tough, man, because like like you said, I mean, they were doubling. KD, they were doubling, you know, the Russ and everything. But I think, and then later on, we trying to, and, and then search. And then later on, I think we tried to figure it out. That's why we, we were up by 3-1. And then, like, game five, he's like, okay, you know, even if you lose this game, you're going to go back home and right. get to game six. Right. So that's why we lost the game six. And it was like, it was impossible to almost get a game seven. That, 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 that Clay Thompson game in oh game six God, is I, as good as anyone's ever shot the ball. <laughs> I can... I can I can remember. Okay, so where were you when you found out KD was leaving and going to Golden State? I was actually on the airport. I checked my phone. What, what airport? Oklahoma City? I can't even remember what airport, but I checked my phone on Twitter. and I said, oh, you know, my next chapter. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, man. So what were the texts like between teammates? Actually, first, whatever days, nobody texted each other. Like, I texted, you know what? Not, not many people know this, man. I texted KD that, in that airport. I texted Katie and said, hey, man, good luck, this and that. He hit you back? He did hit me back, too. Yes. And what did he say? And I, he just said, yeah, we, got no, we got no problem between me and you. We good. Thank you. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, later on that I learned that he didn't text, he didn't say it anybody that he's leaving. Because we were, like, more, more than a team. We were, like, family. We were, like, brothers. Right. And then it's not why. It's, it's how he did it. You know, it didn't say nobody, nothing. And then... I was nobody was expecting to join him to Golden State, Golden State because they just won seventy three game. I mean, they don't need no help. And then when I heard that, I was, it was 
you, you killed me in my heart. I was like, come on, man. We're like brothers. So first time you saw Russ after it, Oof. what did he say? We actually, because it was a very awkward and very weird moment. Yeah. So we did not talk about it at all. We did not say nothing. It was like, you know what? You go from there. We're going to keep moving forward and then just you know, just keep everybody. <laughs> His first time back in Oklahoma City at Chesapeake. Oh, my God. Everybody had the cupcake stuff. Yes, they did. You guys were talking a ton of trash. You in pers- you in particular were yes, talking some trash. Yes, I did. What were you saying to him? We, I mean, I think they, they're going to fight with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And then I actually didn't play that game because I freaking broke my arm punching a chair. But uh, uh, well, I think I think that game I was like, I never seen even I played Western Conference Finals, I did not see any game like this. That 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 whole gym was blown out. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like a college atmosphere. That's the thing. So I played at Oklahoma State, and what people now know in the NBA about Oklahoma City and the Thunder, like that's what the fans were back then about Oklahoma yes. State basketball. And it's right? only major sport. Right. They love it. And then the, with the Thunder, the, they, you know, the city and Thunder goes like same. It's taking to the other level. It's good. Amazing. So so it's interesting though. I remember when it happened last offseason. We talked to you on the radio which is, you know, Oklahoma City was all about loyalty, and then you end up getting sent to the New York Knicks. Yes. Was it a phone call? Did you get it from your agent? Uh, it well, Sam Presti? It was weird. I was actually doing a basketball camp for orphans, and then my manager, assistant. <laughs> I mean, of all yes. the things, like, I'm actually working with orphans right yes. now. And then my manager, like, brought me the phone. I was like, hey, you need to take this. I'm like, hey, man, no. I'm middle of the camp. I'll take it later. I said, like, no, 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 it's important. I put the phone on my ear. I was like, what? And then you know my you know my, uh, was your my guy said my what was guys, Sam Presti. Uh, it was not Sam Presti. It was one of my agent, uh, one of my uh, managers. He said, "Hey, don't look too happy. You just got traded to me." Because he knows I love I love, I love New York. Of I love a lot, lot of people. You know, I've known a lot of people there. So I'm like, oh my god! I, I look at my phone. I, th- I look at my phone. There's all these takes, all these missed calls, all these like Twitter things, whatever notifications. I'm like, oh my God, I think I really did get traded. And this Cantor, join us, New York Knicks, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So you go from a championship caliber team, you uh-huh. go from playing with an MVP. So professionally, like, look, you want to win, but now you get to go to a team where you're in New York, where you can be more comfortable. There are people that speak your language, yes. you know, cook the food that you grew yeah. up on. You can <laughs> yes. feel more comfortable, right? Yes. Incredibly diverse city. And you get to start. Yes. So, so like, it's like, look, do I want to, do I want to win more? Yeah, but I also want to play and play more. I don't think enough people ask about things like that. What's that like to know you're competing on a team that's not going to win a championship, but you're going to get to explore more and expand your game more? It's so tough to focus on every night because I remember month of February last year, we only won one game. The whole month, we just win one game. And then every night, that locker room was so frustrated and so bad. I'm like, come on, man. We need to. That that atmosphere was terrible. It was like a dead. It was dead. And then I was like, you know what? We got. I, I didn't. I mean, I, I learned better in OKC. We need to keep moving forward. We need to keep fighting. And then I mean, we we try to fight, but like we lost KP, we lost Tim Hardaway for like 19 games. Sure. It was so hard because like I knew I knew what we're capable of doing, and then we just couldn't do it. It was so frustrating. And then the fans were starting to boo us. I'm like, oh my god, this is getting worse. Oh, what do you think about LeBron going to LA? Well, oh, okay. Uh, I think. Well, he lost so many finals in with Cleveland. He yeah. lost six finals. I think he just, that's his like last whatever years in his career. He just wanted to come here, build his brand more. It's LA, you know, but one thing, man, this is Kobe's a magic team. So I don't, I'll say he just joined the Kobe's a magic team. 
Yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, I grew up here, and it was Magic's team, and then they were bad for a couple years, and then, you know, it was Shaq and Kobe, and even Shaq and Kobe, they couldn't win, uh -huh. and it became Shaq and Kobe's team, and then it was Kobe's team. Like, I, I kind of think that's a little bit overplayed. It becomes, okay. if you win, they embrace you, and he's going to win. I just, I, I wonder, I feel like most people in the league think the Warriors got one more year in them, and then guys start, start to go their separate way. Is that, a, is that a fair statement? Uh, it is a fair statement. I think so. But I think with, with the LeBron thing, let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think he can deal with McGee, Lance, and Beasley and, and Rondo in the same locker room? I, I think so, and I'll tell you why. I think they're coming off the bench. I think they're all on one-year deals. Okay. And I think if they don't buy in, then they're gone. Well, as, as you know, like, look, it's different when a dude walks in and he's got, you know, if it's mellow and he's got a no-trade clause, uh -huh. he's making $27 million, yes. and there's a lot of hoops to have to go through. Like, there's... Guys have it's a different way in which a guy is treated as opposed to hey dude if if you don't buy into what LeBron and what what we're doing yeah. then we'll get rid of you it's fine yeah. we got rid of a whole team of guys last yes, year they did but is, that, is that fair it is fair but LeBron is all about perfection professionalism they got a lot of character personality but, J, but J, Jr was a huge character before he yes, played with them but just one that's that's true that's wrong that's true no he had, he, had, he had Corver he had you good, got Lavar Ball yeah. how are you gonna deal with Lavar Ball. I think again, you you either buy in or you're gone, dude. Hey, we'll find another. Oh spot my for god, you. That, that's going to be very can, interesting. Can Lonzo play? Lonzo can play, but I think his dad put so much pressure on him that every guard or every player in the league want to just bury him on that court. If his dad leave him alone a little bit, then I think you know he's going to do do his thing. He's every really talented player, skilled player, but. Uh, his dad just talks too much and just puts so much pressure on him. Do you have insider information on who's going to join the Knicks next year? Actually, I do one, but I can't tell. <laughs> what do you mean you do one? <laughs> no, but I can't tell, but it's one of the superstars. Does it? Does his name ride with Smarry Lurving? I can't. <laughs> I can't talk about him, man. <laughs> you know, give you, but uh, or does his name rhyme with Smimley Lutler? Oh, oh my God! Hey, I think <laughs> next year we're going to get for sure one, one or two superstars. But uh, I think that, that's what I think Nick, the Knicks focus on, 2019 free agents. Last thing and most important thing. We've had you on before. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the government of Turkey yes. don't agree with, with the leadership and some of the things politically. Can you go home? Are you allowed to go home uh, to go visit your friends and family? <sighs> Actually not, man. Still not. It's still struggling because, I mean, I can go. The sad thing is even my family cannot come because... You know, they took their passport. They cannot travel here. I tried to, you know, just bring him back, uh, bring him to America. But they said, no, you cannot leave the country. Because every time Mena says something there, you know, we can put him, put you guys in jail and just uh, try to silence Mena. That's it's very sad, man. Crazy stuff. Listen, love what you do on social media more than anything. Can't tell you how <laughs> much you, I appreciate, appreciate you coming it. by. Thanks for the sport. Yeah, and uh, we can't wait to see you working out with Hoodie Mello. We'll do Hoodie uh -oh. Ennis. We're going to work out together. Might be very interesting. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Bayer, and I don't know how busy you are, you brought up the Julio Jones deal. We talked about this going back a week ago or two weeks ago. Here's the problem with the Julio Jones thing. Now, look, the Julio Jones thing is basically a reaction to two different deals. Two different deals. One, everybody's reacting to Sammy Watkins' contract, which was ridiculous. $16 million a year to a guy who was the fourth best wide receiver. Fourth best wide receiver for the L.A. Rams last year. Secondly, it's Julio Jones saying, look at how little I make. But it's, it, 
I just, I'm just tired of being lied to by these players. Like, oh, he's taking a pay cut. Like, dude, he got a, his, when he negotiated this contract, it was a huge upfront, it, the contract where he got guaranteed money upfront, knowing full well that this was going to happen. This is the most disingenuous crap that NFL players do all the time. Right? I mean, look at the money he, he, he made early on. 20, in the early stage of this contract, he made $22 million his first year. Like, nobody ever says, like, hey, in 2015, at 26 years old, he made $22 million, which was far and away the highest paid wide receiver in the history of the National Football League and still would be. Then he made 13 and 11, and now it's 10 and a half this year, and then it would go back up if he stays under this deal to 12 and a half next year and 11.5 in his final year. That was the deal he signed. Totally front-loaded. Totally front-loaded. And yeah, the base salary is only 10.5, but he also makes 2.5 in in a signing bonus this year. So the truth is, his first year he made 22 mil. His second year... He made 13 and a half mil. His third year, he made 13, excuse me, 14 mil. So all they're doing is they're like, hey, look at his base salary. Yeah, but he made a whole bunch of bonuses and he made a bunch on the front end. That was the deal he signed. If you don't like, don't sign the deal. That easy. Three years left. I'm supposed to have sympathy for him? None. None. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 
350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.